I've got a message here that um, I think is going to be a really good message going into this series. Do you guys see this? See that? So uh, we got some merch that you can get because we want to be disciples, true disciples of Christ that follow him day by day by day. Truly follow him. And so um, we're really we're really anxious. We're excited. We're serious about this. The leadership team has been preparing for this for at least a year, and that's not exaggerating. Um, at least a year. So we are really really excited to get this launched. But I think this weekend um, is is going to be a great lead in to that. And I hope I don't step on Dustin's toes too much um, with this this sermon going into this series. So I'm just asking for forgiveness ahead of time. You guys hear that? I'm just like, oh, Lord. Um, But I I hope you guys really enjoy um, what we're going into. I'm super excited about it. Do you guys know what the last thing that Jesus prayed for? He was praying to God. Do you know what the last thing he prayed for uh, when he was about to be arrested to then be crucified. Right before he got arrested, if, you, um, if, you're, if you've got kind of your last prayer, you know, you're, you're, it's about to be over and you've got your last prayer, it's probably an important one, agreed? Well, Jesus, at the very end, he prayed for something that I'd like to talk about here today. Man, I'm just, <laughs> I'm so captivating. I hear snoring over there. Uh, Henry's just out. Um, let's go to John 17. I, I think I blamed Henry, and it wasn't even Henry. Uh, it was a little Reese. Um, so let's go to John 17, verse 20. And, um, and we're going we're gonna to see this prayer. Now, this is Jesus praying to God the Father right before he is about to be arrested. And he says, my prayer is not for them alone. And he's talking about, he just got done praying for the the disciples. So he's saying, it's not for just these disciples here, right here that have been following me for the past few years. I pray also for those who will believe in me. FYI, that's you, that's me. I pray for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them as, even as you have loved me. Today, I wanna talk about the importance of unity. The importance of unity. Jesus, at the very end, is praying, God, please, just unite them. Unite them as I am about to to finish my work here on earth. Let's pray together before we go any further. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you for being in this place. God, we thank you for being with us in our hearts. God, I pray that you would speak clearly today, that you would unite us, truly unite us 
God, challenge us here this morning. Challenge us to see maybe something differently. Prick our hearts in a new way. Convict us in a new way so that maybe we can, we can just draw a little bit closer to you, that we could just be a little bit more like you. Begin to shift us, transform us to be more and more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, um, unity is, is crazy important, and it's crazy powerful, too, when you have unity. Uh, so years ago, um, about 12 years ago now, I feel old, um, about 12 years ago, uh, we find out that we are pregnant with our first. All right, so we find out Indy is coming, and, um, and Tara comes to me, we're excited, right? Like, yeah, it's awesome. And Tara comes to me and she's like, hey, Devin, um, I really want to be a stay-at-home mom. And guys, that sounds awesome uh, at face value. But when you're still a young adult, pretty much fresh out of school, and you're making next to nothing, and both of you are having to work to just like make it happen, um, it doesn't sound as cool of an idea, so um, she's, she shares this with me, and uh, she starts getting emotional and stuff. I'm like, goodness gracious. No. Um, <laughs> I, I'm like, okay, well, I know she's for real about this, uh, and so I said, well, the only way this is going to happen is if we set a goal, a financial goal to make this happen. And um, let me tell you right now, it was, it's just this big, audacious goal that we set out there. And honestly, when I said it, I almost said it jokingly because I'm like, yeah, that would be neat one of these days uh, to be able to do this. And so I, I put that out there. And if you know Tara, she don't play around. She's like, okay, that's what we got to do. All right, let's figure it out. So she starts doing all this research. I didn't know this. I just said something kind of jokingly, and she just went on, started <laughs> getting after it. And uh, she comes back to me, and she's like, listen, I think we can do this. Here's how I think we can do this. She starts laying it out. I'm like, whoa, I was kidding. I don't think this is possible. You're crazy. Slow down. Um, and so she starts laying it out, and it starts to make a little bit of sense. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe we can do this. Maybe like if we figure this thing out, we can do this. And she's like, I really think we can do it in like three years. And I'm like, now you are really crazy. Like that's, no, that's, you're crazy. So I'm like, yeah, three years, let's do it. And in my mind, I'm thinking five years would be awesome. If we got this done in five years, I would be stoked. But nonetheless, we said, okay, this is what we gotta do. Here are the steps we gotta take. Let's unite together, let's, let's buy in together, and let's make this happen. And so we just got laser focused. We got, we, if you know Dave Ramsey, uh, he jokes about this, but when you get laser focused, like people think you're crazy because you're like, whoa, like you guys are crazy. Like you're not gonna eat today? <laughs> like, we, were, we were laser focused. And, um, and so we just locked in. And all of a sudden, we started seeing God move in ways that we never could have imagined. 
We started seeing things fall into place. We were like, holy cow. And things started happening quicker than we anticipated. And it started just like getting this momentum as we just stayed focused and disciplined to the goal. And we stayed united on that together. And guys, what I thought would have been amazing to accomplish in five years, we were able to accomplish in 20 months. And we were able, she was able to stop work so that she could raise her babies. She could love on them. She could nurture them. She could instill the godly characters that we wanted in our children. And because we stayed united, that was possible. I can tell you without a doubt that without us being together on that thing, there is no way that's happening in 20 months. Guaranteed. And, and so it's amazing when you come together and you're really united on something, how things happen quicker than you expect. You become more efficient, you become more effective, you have more fun. We were like, we were like eating, Dave says rice and beans, rice and beans, and, and we were like doing that. And um and we were having the time of our life somehow. I, I don't know how, but we were enjoying it. It was fun. It's amazing what you can do when you're truly united. You know, back in Genesis 11, way back toward the beginning of the Bible, I mean, this is pre-Abraham, uh, the people were, were so united they came together and they were getting good at this building stuff thing. So they, they started building this tower and, and they're building it up and it's coming together. And you're like, they started thinking to themselves, you know what? We don't like even need God. We could just build this tower straight up to heaven and we got this. Like we can do this. And so they start building this thing. And, and you know what's crazy is they were so united that God looked down and he saw, oh my goodness, they're so united, they can do whatever they choose to. They're so united. Back, back at this time, they all spoke one language. They were locked in, united. God saw that their hearts weren't right. So he's like, whoa, I got I to gotta course correct their hearts. But he said, I've got to do something here because they're so united, anything is possible. That's crazy, right? When we're truly united, anything is possible. I'm going to do something a little bit different this morning. I'm going to ask you to look to a neighbor, and I'm going to ask you to talk about a time in your life where you got to experience unity, like true unity, where things were clicking, things were working, everyone's locked in together. Go ahead and talk, whether it's work, whether it's with your spouse, home, family, whatever it is, go ahead and just for one minute, talk to one another and talk about when you got to experience unity and what that felt like. Go ahead, talk, one minute.
All right. Things are starting to slow down. I hear the less rumbling. It feels good to be in a, in a united environment, doesn't it? Like we feel more confident. We have more fun. There's more joy. There's more happiness. We're all, it's positive. You know, everyone's like working together rather than like working against each other. It's a great environment. On the flip side, if you find yourself in, a, in an environment that's divided, where there's division, it doesn't feel so hot, does it? It doesn't feel so awesome in some cases when we don't see eye to eye on things and there's this division and not everyone's not in sync together, moving together. We can get defensive at times kind of push like this group's doing that and this group's doing that and that group's doing this. And, and, and hey, I know the right way, dummies. You know, like get on board here, right? And, and then we get uh, a little defensive, maybe aggressive because, hey, my, I got the answer. Y'all need to listen, right? We, we experience those environments at times. Maybe someone else is getting aggressive and you start to withdraw, right? You start to just like, I'm out of this. I ain't even a part of this anymore. We're confused. We don't know where we're going in times. There's, there's gossip about, you know, so-and-so saying this and doing that, and it, it gets nasty. Let me ask you, and I, there's no right or wrong answer. I'm genuinely, like, curious to see how everyone answers these questions. But in today's world, okay, our world, would you say it's a divided world? By a show of hands. Okay, that's a lot. Um, let's say, let's break this down. Let's bring it to our country. The United States of America, or the divided States of America. We divided, right? This one's the toughest one for me. When we look at the church, the big C church, when we look at Christians, all denominations, all believers, do we see a divided See, that one hurts, doesn't it? Because we're to be followers of Christ. He's, he's praying out to God, oh, just God, let there be unity, let them be one. But yet, we're divided. See, the, the, we, there's this tool that's used to help divide us. It's called fear. And, and fear is thrown out there. <laughs> I mean, if you look at anything or listen to anything, you know, there's this fear behind this, these different messages that cause us to, to be more and more divided. I, uh, I've had conversations, um, I hate to admit, that, you know, back in this last political election where I was having a conversation with someone that's pretty close to me that... I should have been a good witness to, and um, don't laugh. No, um, I, um, in my mind, I was thinking I am helping him because I'm trying to steer in the right direction. And what I ended up doing was I, I drove a wedge further in between us. And now how in the world am I going to effectively 
show the love of Christ to someone that I just got done driving a wedge in between us. See, sometimes we think we're doing what's right and we're trying to, to tell someone the right way, but we might be just driving a wedge deeper and deeper in between folks that we're trying to, to love on. It's, uh, it's a tough thing to swallow. Uh, you want to, to steer in the right direction and you end up driving a wedge deeper, isn't it? In Acts, says, man, we, should, we shouldn't make things unnecessarily difficult for those that don't believe. We should make it easy for them to, to become believers. We should be quick to listen, slow to speak, not quick to judge. You know, for Jesus, he prioritized a you over a view, over an opinion. He would prioritize people over his opinion. We, <laughs> sometimes we expect people that haven't even given their life to Christ and signed up and subscribed to live a life like Christ, we expect them to live a life like Christ you know, I wasn't even planning on going here, y'all. Um, but it's amazing. Um, it's amazing and it's a beautiful thing when there is something that happens that impacts people, that hurts people, and people pull together and draw together. You know, I think of like Hurricane Katrina, that's so like vivid in my mind where it hits and so many people are impacted. And then like everyone just kind of pulled together without any questions asked, like, yes, we'll send money. We'll, we'll go down there ourselves. We'll help people get food. We'll give them clothes. We'll give them shelter. Well, well let's pull together. They weren't, we weren't asking about your opinion or your view on things, but we were just like, let's pull together. There's a need. Let's, let's make this happen. Let's help these people. And we were united. We were united because we saw a need and we needed to help. So what are we trying to unite together on in our everyday life? We know it's important to unite. I've touched on how powerful it is. But what are we uniting on? Well, our mission statement here at Bridge Church is that we exist to help people know God, to find freedom from whatever past stuff that they're carrying, that they can find freedom, true freedom, that they can discover purpose and make a difference. They can make a difference by impacting those around them, by loving on those around them. When we break this down, we look at the great commandment that Jesus gave. Jesus was asked a question, hey, what's the greatest law of, of all? There's 600 plus of them. What's the greatest? And Jesus says, 
you know what? They all boil down to this. And this is you and I's command that you love God with everything you got. You just love, love him with everything you got. And that you love one another as you love yourself. It all 600 plus boils down to love God and love one another. And when we go a little bit further, you know, we read the great commandment in Matthew. When we go to, to uh, John, the book of John, we find Jesus at the Last Supper, again, right before he is to be arrested and to be taken off to be crucified. He takes it up a notch. He says, I've got a new command I give you. It's slightly different. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The golden rule is one thing. Love others as you love yourself, but then to love as Christ loved, that takes it up a notch. When we think of Christ's love, we quickly go to the cross, don't we? We quickly go to how he died on the cross for our sins, don't we? But here he's speaking to his disciples before he's been crucified. And he's saying, hey, I want you to love others as I have loved. So he's not talking about the cross to them in this statement. He's talking about the prior three years or so where he's lived life with them, where he's, he's loved them, he's spoken into their lives, he's listened to them, he's cared for them. When we think about Matthew, Matthew's a tax collector. The tax collectors were corrupt. They would, they would take the, the, the money from the people and they'd give some to Rome and keep some for themselves. And it was this corrupt nastiness where the Israelite people, they couldn't stand the tax collectors because they were taking and stealing their money. Matthew was a, an Israelite that was taking from his own people for his own good, just skimming right off the top. And Jesus said, I want you to love people, Matthew, like I loved you. Like I looked you in the face and said, hey, I know what you're doing. I know all that past stuff. I want you to just follow me. I want to show you grace and love. I'm going to forgive you for all that stuff. Just follow me. Nathaniel, Nathaniel dissed Jesus right to his face. Like, what can come out of Nazareth? Who can come out of Nazareth? Jesus says, all right, calm down. Um, he said, no, I forgive you. Just follow me. Just follow me. So what does that look like for you and I, just to, to love as Christ loved? Well, we got to forgive as we've been forgiven. We got to treat people well. We have to respond to people well, even when they say things that we don't necessarily agree with, but that we can still respond in a loving way. We can care for one another because that is how people know that we are followers of Christ. That is how we let our light shine, is the loving and the caring. In the first century, 
people didn't have to guess who were Christians. They knew. They knew through their lives it was evident. It was evident that they were Christians because of how they lived their day-to-day life. And in some cases, I think as the church, and I know for me, um, certainly this holds true, sometimes um, as a church, we got really focused on we got really focused on the, the, it's not about works, it's about faith, to the point where we, 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 became, just, we became just believers without following. We held on to that it's not about works so much that we stopped working. <laughs> I, I think as the church, sometimes we fell into that. Now, listen. I started this whole thing by saying, I love the heartbeat of this church, okay? And I would love to continue to pour out love and care for people. At Boost, I said, listen, I love that this is our heartbeat. I just want to do more and more of it. That's what this is about. I just want to do more and more of it. I want to get better and better at it. Uh, I've been convicted of this myself, so I'm more more or less spewing this out of my conviction to you that I just want to love better. I want to love more. As uh, I don't know if you guys kind of keep up with this kind of stuff. I'm a statistics kind of guy. I'm a numbers guy. I I nerd out with some of that. Um, But one of the the trends that um, is sad is that when we look at the church today and we look at um, what's going on in our world today, we have uh, the millennials and the Gen Zers that are leaving the church. And what's crazy is they're, we're finding out that they're not leaving the church because they don't believe what the church teaches. They're leaving the church because they don't believe that the church believes what the church teaches. because of of the lack of action. See, doing is what makes the difference. When I got COVID, um, it was just a few months into COVID when it was insane, and it kicked my tail. (laughs) I mean, everyone was like, it's like a cold, and I'm just like, (laughs) I don't know what kind of cold y'all go through, but holy cow. I did not want to move. I didn't want to think. And I was just like, out. I was dead. And um, I felt the love, y'all. I started getting texts from everywhere. Uh, hey, how you doing? Can I do anything? I love you. Hope you recover soon. I felt the love. It was pouring in. I felt great. And um, you, know, you guys are probably like me. So everyone's asking, you know, hey, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? No, I got it. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. No problems. I'm good. We got this. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and I shared with with Tara, um, I was like five days in, and I shared with Tara, uh, I don't know what the lawn looks like, but it's got to get it's got to be getting to the embarrassing phase um, because it's got to be long by now. And so I'm kind of thinking that in my head. And I share that with her. And Zach, got to sit front row, don't you? Uh, 
because uh, when I was preparing this, I got really emotional at this part. So, um, so anyway, Zach reaches out to Tara. He's like, hey, is there anything we can do, I, can, I can do for you guys? How are things going? Is there anything I can do? And, and uh, Tara says, well, Devin did mention something about the lawn. He's worried that it's getting long and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, well, let me know if I can mow the lawn. So Tara comes down. She tells me, yeah. <laughs> Zach said he can come mow the lawn. No, that's all right. <laughs> I'm sure, like, I'm five days in. I'm sure it's going to pass. I'll be good. You know, I can mow tomorrow. You know, it's going to be fine. So Tara reaches back out to Zach, says, no, he said that he thinks he's going to be good. He's like, nope. Through his... <laughs> he said, nope. I'm coming to mow that lawn. He threw his lawnmower in his truck, went over there fast. I don't even know how that was possible, actually. Um, he got there, and he just starts mowing my lawn. And I'm laying out on the bed in the basement, and I just see him. I hear him, I hear him mowing the lawn. I see his shadow like going around the window. And let me tell you something. That is something I will never forget for the rest of my life. Because listen, I learned an important lesson that day. Reaching out, checking in is nice. But when you get into action and do something, it's a moment you will never forget for the rest of your life. Doing makes the difference. Sacrificially, Doing makes the difference. How awesome would it be to be the church that loves so stinking well that everyone is so happy? There's, we're helping each other. Everyone's on the same page, doing the same thing, going the same way. We're doing that so well that the rest of the world and the culture of the world is inspired to be like us. Musicians can make their way up. See, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but when I read this, I was like, man, I've never thought about that. The first through fourth centuries after Jesus is crucified, those first few centuries is, is when the message of the gospel exploded. It exploded. And it, it they didn't even have the New Testament yet. <laughs> they didn't even have the New Testament to refer to and lean on and go back to. They, the gospel exploded because there was a group of people that started with few that united together and they did it so well. They loved one another so well. They took care of one another so well 
They united and committed to a, living a life that was honest, that was kind, that was gentle to the point where they actually transformed ultimately the Roman empire that was just out killing people. They, they were so radical in being united in love as Christ taught them that they began to change the world. Listen, you and I know that Jesus died for us because they chose and were intentional to be united in loving one another. It became contagious. Everyone wanted to be a part of it. Hey, this is different. This feels different. This isn't harsh. This isn't mean. This isn't violent. This is, this is different. This is loving. This is kind. This feels good. They had to be intentional though. They had to be intentional. Paul wrote letter after letter to church after church saying, hey, like, no, make sure, this is the gospel. Like, keep us, keep us on the, the straight and narrow. This is the way. Hey, hey, love one another, encourage one another, stay united together. He had to continually, intentionally keep everyone united. I, I, can you guys stand with me as we wrap up? do what Christ called me to do. I want to do well at the mission that he gave me. You guys, when you're given a mission, when you're given a goal, don't you want to do well at that? If you're at your workplace or you're wherever you're at, if you're given a task, don't you want to do that well? I want to do that well. Jesus Christ himself gave me a goal. He gave me a mission. He gave me a commandment. I want to do that well. I want to come together and I want to show this community, I want to show this world what it looks like to do what Jesus Christ, our Savior, told us to do. I want to do that well. I want to do that with you. I want to choose people over views and opinions. I want to do that together. I want to do that well. I want to love those around me. Yes, even my enemies. Listen, Jesus even got down on his knees and he washed the feet of Judas. Judas was about to get up and betray him. Jesus chose to wash his feet. I want to love my enemies well. I want to pray for them well. I want to do the things that Christ has called me to do. Can we do that? Let's worship together. Thank you.